got the best of the trade. And since 1897, the symbolic blue riband of the Atlantic for the fastest passage had been unassailably in the hands of the two German state-subsidized lines, Hamburg-America and Norddeutsche Lloyd. A newly capitalized and reorganized Cunard decided that the crack German liners Kaiser Wilhelm II and Kaiser Wilhelm de Grosse had had things their way for too long. But Cunard's existing fleet was getting old, and there were reports of even more powerful German ships about to be built. So it came about that two great sister ships were ordered by Cunard, the Lusitania and the Mauritania. But the builders were given by no means a free hand in their design and development. Convinced that war with Germany had to come sooner or later, and aware that German naval might was steadily growing, the British Admiralty, who subsidised the building of the two new British ships, laid down a number of mandatory specifications for them. In short, they were not to be constructed simply as luxury liners, but as potential armed ships of war. Keep diving. Seven. Eight. Level off at eleven. I want to take another look. Eleven meters it is, Herr Captain Lieutenant. Level up. Up periscope. Take a look, it's not destroyers. A steamship. Enormous. An armed cruiser. We'll soon find out. Periscope down, full speed ahead. Full speed ahead, sir. The great ship had taken only just a year to build from the laying of the keel plate to that launching on June the 7th, 1906. This implies no skimping of materials or of craftsmanship. She was simply the most luxurious liner afloat. A pamphlet issued by the Cunard Company after her loss didn't exaggerate her attributes. Her decorative and architectural features compared with those of the world's finest hotels. Lofty domes, fashioned and painted by expert decorators, panels prepared by skilled workers, handsome tapestries, curtains and carpets. The first-class dining saloon was a vision in white and gold. The style was Louis Serres, and the predominating colour was Via Rose. The magnificent mahogany sideboard with its gilt metal ornaments was the admiration of all who saw it, while above towered the wonderful dome with painted panels after Boucher. The lounge was decorated in late Georgian period, and the fine inlaid mahogany panels, richly modelled dome ceiling and marble mantelpieces constituted a luxurious ensemble. Harmony and refinement were the motif of the writing room, library and smoke room. In addition to these various public rooms, there were regal suites comprising dining room, drawing room, two bedrooms, bath and toilet rooms, with adjoining rooms for maid or valet.
The accommodation for second-class passengers was also upon a luxurious scale, and the public rooms included dining room, smoking room, library and lounge. Ample provision had also been made for those travelling third-class. As to her capabilities, she soon demonstrated those. Her first trial run over a measured mile was at 26 knots. She raised an extra half knot on two further runs of 59 miles, and in four runs of over 300 miles in four days, she averaged 25.4 knots. She'd already proved herself to be faster than any of her German rivals. The Lusitania's maiden voyage was from Liverpool to New York, starting on September the 7th, 1907. Like a new car being run in, she wasn't asked to force her brand new engines on that maiden voyage, yet she reached New York in five days.